1: Welcome to Kicked Back, a home for football fans that want to stay up to date on everything going on in the football world. Join Caroline, Liam, and some special guests along the way as they talk about all the trending news around leagues, players, teams, and much more. Now... All you got to do is get comfortable and kick back, because we're about to get started. What's up, everyone? You're watching, you're listening to Kicked Back, and man, do we have a show for you, because football never sleeps these days, and we love it, because there's just so much drama, so much excitement, and chaos in the football world. Liam, how are you?
2: I'm good. Football was back in full force this weekend. (laughs) It was nice that the Premier League scheduled it, that we had two derbies to talk about Right? right away, so... That was a great way to come back. And I mean, even the derbies that didn't happen. Like Liverpool-Brighton was a great game. Newcastle-Full Chelsea mm-hmm. got the first win under uh, Graham Potter as well. So lots and lots to talk about.
1: Yeah. Uh, let's start off with the Manchester derby where City took on United and said, sit down, we're your daddy.
2: Yeah, they uh, definitely, <laughs> definitely took him down a couple of pegs, I think is fair to say. Um, do you know what? It was weird. I wasn't... Wasn't overly surprised. No. And not because I think that United are necessarily like a bad team. I just know how good Manchester City is. And I I really don't think any team in the Premier League is on their level. It's Manchester City, then a couple others and then the rest. Like it's just kind of the way it is.
1: At what point are we going to start having a conversation about the fact that if we want to call the Bundesliga and La Liga farmers league we're going to objectively look at the Premier League at this point and say the Prem is a farmers league.
2: It's kind of unfortunately trended in that way I suppose which is like I think there's more good teams in the Premier League than other leagues but yeah like to actually win the league it feels like it's a one horse race which is funny because Arsenal's at the top of the league right now but I we'll talk about it later. Like they're contenders, I suppose, but maybe not as they're not on that level.
1: Yeah, well no, exactly. And then you just look at Erling Holland, I swear to God he's making the league look like child's play. Liam, he has three consecutive hat tricks at home, fourteen goals in the league right now. That's nine goals away from last season's golden boot winning total, and there's thirty freaking games left. This guy single-handedly is walking into every single Premier League game that he has and Champions League game, mm-hmm. and he's saying I'm here. I'm gonna score another three goals on you today and I'm gonna walk into this league and make it look like a daycare.
2: Yeah, he's just making it his own, yeah, isn't he? It's like crazy. It's, it's pretty remarkable actually, considering the players that have come through this league. Like we've seen some of the best players mm-hmm. ever to play the game. Henri, Shearer, Rooney, Van Persie, like there's so many more and Haaland's just come in and what did you say, nine away from the golden yeah, boot nine now? Right. Like we're talking about him probably breaking records. Like That's probably not even worth a conversation. To be honest, the next thing should be, can he score 40 goals? Well, can he score 50 goals? Like, what? I, I just don't know what the limit is for this guy.
1: He's on pace for 60 plus goals. And this is his first, this is his debut season in the Premier League. It's not like he's been hanging around here for, <laughs> you know, three years. He finally got a good lay of the land. He's comfortable. It's his... Freaking, I'm, I'm not going to swear, but it's his freaking <laughs> debut season into the Prem.
2: I'm sure they said on the commentary that this, the Manchester derby was his 100th game in the Bundesliga and the Premier League combined. Wow. Which is just kind of crazy to think of how far he's come in such a, a short amount of time. Like He was not long ago playing. The reason we all realized who he was is because he scored a hat-trick against Liverpool for Salzburg in the Champions League. Yep. And now he's scoring them in Manchester derbies for three in a row, which is a Premier League record.
1: It, uh, right?
2: Like, I just don't get it. Like I, I just don't know how he's able to do it. Like, it, it just makes everybody look so, so bad. Like, we've been singing the praises of how good Manchester United's centre-backs have been with uh, Martinez and Varane and how good that partnership has been. It's like, well, then Holland just goes and scores a hat-trick. And I know Varane went off, but still, like... That United team has been hard to score goals against in the last few weeks, and City just went and scored six. It's amazing.
1: I loved it. I loved every second of it. You know, that was an early game for us here. Yeah. Mountain time. That was a 7 a.m. game. So that was like a 645 wake up for me. And I remember when my alarm was going off. I'm like, do I do it? If, you know, it's our day off. Like, you know, I'm up early every single day of the week, but I'm like, no effort. This is a big game. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad that I tuned in for many reasons. But for, I think for me sitting back and watching that game, Manchester United has obviously established themselves as the top team in the Premier League, but then also now arguably maybe a top team in the world in conversation with Real Madrid, which is, you know, is on another level. It's just insane because in that game, you know, Erling Holland at some point was on the verge of a hat trick. Phil Foden was on the verge of a hat trick. But from top to bottom, that team played like such a cohesive unit where Erling Holland and Foden were trying to assist each other to help the other guy get the hat trick, which to me is just such a sign of team and unity where they're not looking for the glory at the end of the 90th minute. They wanted to see how many goals could Manchester City put in the back of United's net. Not not who's making headlines, which star player is making headlines at the end of the mm-hmm. game. And I think that's kind of what's scary for me in the best way possible about City right now is just they are a team. Foden and Holland look like they are best buds. They're enjoying themselves out there. Kevin De Bruyne played some of the best passes I've seen him play in a long time. They're just so good. Bernardo Silva. They're so good. <laughs> like, who else can you talk about at this point? They're all good.
2: Yeah, there's everyone. I thought Jack Grealish yeah. played really yes, well Grealish too. Grealish played so well. a good game. Um, it's funny because they were missing like three really key players <laughs> in this game. Like, their two center backs, Diaz and Laporte, didn't play. Rodri didn't play and they still scored six goals. I know they conceded three, but two of them were pretty much consolation goals (laughs) at that point, right? Just keep it up. Yeah, it didn't really matter. And even John Stones, like he got injured with England as well and Mm -hmm. he didn't play. And yeah, like you said about the Foden and Haaland, like trying to find each other for the hat trick. And it just shows the level of confidence they actually have in their ability to win, I suppose, and like in each other and... I don't know what else to say about them. There's just so many positives to come from this team. I truly cannot believe they're not first in the Premier League. Right, I know. I, yeah. Who, who have they got next? I think we were saying, right? The, um, they've got some tough games coming up. I was... Who do they got here? Tottenham next. Oh, sorry. That one was postponed. I'm going the wrong way. Southampton and then Liverpool Oh damn. So the Liverpool game will be a big one.
1: You know what? It's so many to, to, to people listening and watching, of course, um, I know you guys think we hate Liverpool because every time an episode goes up, someone in the comments is like, We can't wait for you guys to shit on Liverpool. No one is doing that. No one is doing that. But I just want to preface before we get back into because I want to talk about Foden, but for me it's just so hard to understand how a team last season could have accomplished so much. They were literally headlining about the quadruple and they were in a Champions League final and they were so close to winning the Premier League and now they're barely getting past Brighton and yeah. they're like they're just so bad to the point where like I don't mean to be negative about it. It's just hard for me to understand like what happened in that gap. And yes, you could say injuries and you can say they played a lot of football, but that's, that's stuff that every team kind of deals with. You can't use that for an excuse all season long.
2: Yeah, I agree. And it comes down to at the end of the day, you've got to play with the players that you have and you've got to get the best out of them. And I think Liverpool aren't getting the best out of, their best players. Yeah. I, you know, like, well, I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit more after, but defensively they look like an absolute shambles. Well, at not the according moment.
1: to Gary Neville. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about <laughs> because he's like, he's, disrespecting himself. We'll get into it. We'll get get into it. it.
1: Foden, I want to read you this stat. In the 64th minute, Haaland became the first Man City player to score a Premier League hat trick against United. In the 72nd minute, Foden became the second player to ever do it. This happened in the same damn game. And I feel like that is such a powerful statement because between two guys and of course a whole team effort, but two guys put United away. And that's, that's, just from a Derby perspective, that's sick to watch as a fan.
2: Yeah. Just to see your top guys show up at the biggest time. Yeah. And like, it gives you confidence as a fan as well with city, not having yep. the success they want in the champions league, for mm-hmm. example, like now you see these guys. Okay. They can, can do it in big games. And it was funny before the game started, they were saying how to stay on the mm-hmm. fan topic, how the commentary was like, yeah, this is big for, Bigger for the fans than it is the players because now they can go to work on Monday morning and give it to all the, the opposition fans. So now yeah. City have got that for a, a while.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> and to any United supporters, I don't hate United. I really don't I don't care about any Premier League team because I don't follow it. Like I don't cheer for anyone religiously, but for United fans to leave at halftime <laughs> at a derby, like that's bad.
2: I don't think I've ever done that. Yeah. It tickets cost too much to be leaving. That's But
1: that's what was shocking <laughs> yeah. to me.
2: And I think this, with football, we, you don't see it all the time, but you we, we see comebacks. Like, it can happen. It can happen. And especially in a game like that where uh, there should be some fighting spirit left in the team to go and get a couple of goals and make something of it. And, yeah, I don't know. I, I would never leave our game at halftime because, I, like I said, I can't afford... Afford not to. I <laughs> made that mistake
1: in that Champions League final between AC Milan and Liverpool. I didn't stop watching the game, but I basically celebrated AC Milan winning uh, that Champions League title. Yeah. Um, went in halftime, got McDonald's, enjoyed it, or whatever. And then by the end of the <laughs> game, I was crying because I'm like, holy shit, Liverpool just basically Schooled scored you. three goals <laughs> yeah. and one in PK. It was terrible. Anyways, Foden scoring his first ever career hat check. And listen to this. He scored his 50th goal for city at the age of 22 years and 127 days. That's important because he's now the youngest player to reach 50 goals under pep, beating the one and only Lionel Messi, which is wow. pretty impressive.
2: Yeah. That like is that's pretty actually good. pretty
1: impressive, but I want to now talk to you. What's we know Foden for city, but what's Foden like for England?
2: I think Foden always leaves people wanting more. Like, I think we see it with city where, you know, he's doing all this stuff and whatever he's playing, like Phil Foden should. And then he comes to England. It just doesn't seem like he's as free to play. And maybe that's a Southgate thing too. And I, a lot of people have been talking about it and I've thought about it too. It's like, he's probably going to lose his spot in the starting 11, come the world cup, unless he starts going on some really good form here. But like, I think Saka mm-hmm. would probably get into the team over him right now. And one way people were talking about Foden staying in the 11, if Saka was to come in, is to drop him back into a midfield role and just be an advanced playmaker there. And I don't know. Like, Foden, I think he I think he has a lot to prove still on the international stage. I think we'll see it eventually. Like, he's still a young guy. And, oh, yeah. you know, what is he, 20 at the tops, I think? Yeah, 22. 22. So... Great player. Would love to see a little bit more for England, but still a key player for them, I think.
1: I mean, let's say he's on the bench. That's pretty good depth for you guys. That's not
2: bad because he's I, likely he'd sit next to Jack Greeley <laughs> on the bench. So. <laughs> it
1: ain't bad. Um, you've said on this show before, kind of at the start of the season when everyone was, you know, United was still back in the negative limelight with all the Glazers stuff and then their start was awful. You didn't always approve of 10 hogs starting 11 or maybe the positioning of the players within his starting 11. What do you think about him benching Ronaldo and Casemiro in this derby?
2: I I don't disagree with the Ronaldo one because I just think Ronaldo hasn't done a lot for United this year. The Casemiro one I would like to see him play more because Casemiro I feel like hasn't had a chance to really show Manchester what he's about and this is a game where he probably should have played and I know the argument is for McTominay to come out of the team I actually didn't think he was that bad I honestly thought Ericsson was horrendous defensively and he just can't play in that position sitting too far back and Casemiro I don't know maybe you're losing too much playmaking if you take out Ericsson and keep McTominay and Casemiro in but I think too to Defend Ten Hag a little bit. This starting 11 had won every game since they lost to what was it, Brentford. Mm-hmm. So I think you've got to reward it. I guess Anthony's coming to the team as well, but you've got to reward it in a sense. And I think after what they showed against Liverpool, where this starting 11 can perform in big games, like give them a chance to go and do it against City. And clearly it failed. I thought a lot of the players were underperformed massively, like their whole back four was. Was horrible to yeah. be honest. Like it was, it was terrible. And uh, Dalot was brutal. Malacia was brutal. Varane, I guess, got injured. Martinez, you didn't really notice him a lot. David de Gea wasn't at his best, although he did make a few good saves, yeah. I thought. But I think next game they've got to shake it up a little bit. Bring in Casemiro. Maybe you do bring in Ronaldo because it's not like Rashford did anything. I guess Martial scored twice.
1: But those were like City at that point laid down and said, "Okay, this is a freaking inner squad game."
2: Yeah, I do like Martial more than Rashford though.
1: And I thought Anthony's school was
2: yeah, that was a good goal. That was a really good goal. That was a good goal. I yeah, it's just a lot of question marks still with this team, and I I feel like United fans maybe thought that the bad days were done. It's like no, 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 no. There's still a long way for this team to go, and if they want to get to United's level, sorry, City's level, and they're probably not good enough to be a Champions League team at this point. I think they'll contend And saying that. I also think there's only two Champions League quality teams in the Premier League right now, and that's probably City and Arsenal. Yeah.
1: My question with the whole Ronaldo debate is when, at some point, when are we going to say, oh, Ronaldo hasn't been playing well, but then equate that to the fact that he hasn't been getting minutes? Like, you can't expect this guy to come in, and in 10 minutes, every, you know, every somewhat game's... Perform, right? So then you have now Casemiro on the bench, whatever, take Ronaldo out of the equation. Everyone seems to be shitting on him, but you have Casemiro on the bench that you paid a pretty nice penny for. Mm-hmm. What came out of the top club in the world with the best midfield from the best coach, and he came to England to essentially retire. Like that's what I feel is happening to him. And I I know that Casemiro, like the paycheck must have blinded him a little, but I feel like if he would have known that he's coming into a squad where he's going to ride the bench, because visibly it looks like a toxic environment, him and Ronaldo on that bench looked pissed off. I don't know if he's making that move in hindsight because at the end of the day, he's riding the bench at a point in time when the World Cup is less than two months away. And he's like, I need to be playing. Like I need to get match fitness. I need to be getting those minutes and I'm not. And the worst thing is, is I'm riding the bench when my team is getting throttled for nothing. <laughs> yeah, Like he's one of the best defensive midfielders in the game. Yeah. And then Ronaldo, like, I just don't, I don't agree with it for me, in my opinion, when you have a guy of that magnitude, both Casemiro and Ronaldo who have played in some of the biggest matches on some of the biggest stages who have that match experience, how are you not going to give them more minutes in a Manchester derby? We all know that Casemiro could have been used on that pitch. It couldn't have gotten any worse for United in that game. Possibly. Like it couldn't have. And all you need for Ronaldo is to have one good crack on net and he can score. I'm not saying that he would have changed the complete outcome of that game, but I don't know. I just don't like the fact that you have two superstars sitting on the bench looking visibly miserable when you're losing at some point for nothing in a Manchester Derby. And I think Ten Hag, whatever Whatever he's trying to prove at this point, it's kind of going in a different direction. And this isn't me being like a massive CR7 fan because it's not even about Ronaldo. Um, it's not even just about Ronaldo for me at this moment in time. It's also now that Casemiro, like this guy was starting and playing with Modric and Cruz not too long ago. What the fuck is happening?
2: Yeah. The, I, I think Casemiro is going to play the next match. He has to. Yeah. They play, they play in the uh, sorry the Europa League. This Thursday against the team from Cyprus, Omania, I believe it's pronounced. And then Everton, he'll play in one of those two games. I think Ronaldo will play on Thursday. I think the argument to keep the lineup the same was how well Rashford has played in scoring goals. Like he scored two against Arsenal. He had an assist against uh, whoever they played before that and another goal against Liverpool there. And I think that's probably why Rashford's stuck in the team over and like Sancho has been playing well. I can see Ronaldo probably getting some chances here pretty soon. I just think, too, like, if Ten Hag wants to play this way, and we've seen him do it because he adapted after they lost to Brentford, and then they changed with the Liverpool, and they had some success. And, like, he's obviously aware that his team can't play the way he wants them to play, and he's had to adapt to that, which shows that he is a good manager and he, you know, if you he he change yeah, yes, he he like that. Is, yeah. So if you have a guy like Ronaldo, like how can you incorporate more into the team to get the best out of Ronaldo who, who had 18 goals in the premier league last season, like this, the can clearly still play at this level. Now it's just about putting him in the team and helping everybody thrive, including Ronaldo.
1: I completely agree. And again, I'm not shitting on 10 Hag cause I've always said he's accomplished so much with Ajax, you know, like he's a good coach, but if your team's losing four nothing at half, how the hell do you not come into the second half with some changes made? Because yep. clearly the starting eleven that you had on the field during that first forty five minutes is not doing it, and you know that City is going to come out and try and pump way more. So at that point in time, changes should have needed, like, changes should have been made. And um, I, I don't know. Like um, I, I just seeing seeing Casemiro and Ronaldo on the bench made me laugh. Like that's what's happening, and I think it's almost becoming like a like a joke, and mm-hmm. that's sad because these are two really big names in in
2: our sport. Yeah, they're they're huge, and even now with Varang on, another former Real Madrid player like Harry Maguire. Yeah, is he I back? Know. I know he's injured right now, but like Lindelof came on, but that's another thing. Like, when is he going to get back into the team? Is he going to get back into the team? Is he done? Like, there just seems to be a lot of question marks still around this team. More with the personnel that isn't playing and the players that are actually playing, which is kind of an issue, I think.
1: I'm excited to see what happens in their next game because I'm interested to see what Ten Hag does.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't take too much away from this Europa League game. Like They're going to change the team. Obviously, there's a lot of games, but that Everton game on Sunday and then they play Newcastle the following Sunday and then Tottenham, Chelsea and West Ham. So they actually have a pretty... It's a tough run of games to end October.
1: Yeah. I'm actually curious if, if United supporters are listening to this, let us know what you think. I want to know about the whole situation, what you think about Ten Hag, what you think about Casemiro, Ronaldo. I'm curious to see what United supporters feel. Um, Liverpool versus Brighton. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> my dad's the biggest Liverpool fan and I called him you know I woke up and I saw the score and I called him and I'm like oh what are you doing he said I'm getting groceries I'm like you know it's bad when he's not when he's not sitting at home and watching the game and he went and actively done did groceries like that's not something
2: you genuinely want to do and so they're out east right yes so, okay so that wouldn't be like eight o'clock in yeah the morning, he, like he in was out year. doing <laughs> groceries I'm
1: like oh, okay so like this must have been a real good game so I know Liverpool came back to you know, to to make it more of a competitive match, but the last 25 minutes that I caught of this game, I called my dad to update him. I said, I've never seen Liverpool play so poorly. Like what is going on? And, um, it's just for me, because I hold Liverpool to a high regard, I'm not hating on them. I hold them to a high standard. It was an awful performance. Thank God for Firmino who scored those, uh, who scored those goals. And we're sitting at a point in time where last season we were saying Liverpool could win the premier league. And now they're sitting in ninth place.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Even at the start of This season, right? We were saying, like, oh, Liverpool will still come back through. And that's what a lot of people were saying online as well. And it's like, well, now you're at a point where you can't beat anybody. Like, you're just not playing well. And that's the be-all and end-all of it. And I think the worst part about it is their best players aren't their best players right now. And, you know, Salah, like, what has Salah done this season? Van Dijk has been exposed a bit more. Like, Fabinho, like, a lot of people have been upset with the way he's playing. And you get... Mr. Trent Alexander Arnold, who can't just, I don't know what it is about him. Like, even when he makes a decent play defensively, it seems to come back and bite him. Like, that first goal they conceded, like, did well to get the header up and kind of up and away so people can reset, I suppose. It wasn't into it. He would have liked it to go a bit more wide and right in the middle, but either way, and then gets cut in on that guy uh, by a Trossard, and then Slips and they score. And right. then the next one he goes to chest it and he just goes straight to the other team and it's just like this guy can't catch a break with what he's trying to do.
1: Gary Neville, if he can just work on those basic things, we'll probably have the best right back the world has ever produced on Trent Alexander Arnold. I don't get it. I respectfully and I this is a big respectfully could not disagree more. We were talking yeah. about it last show. You want to put him as a winger? <laughs> maybe the conversation's different because he's so he's such a threat in the attack but defensively some of the some of the things he decides to do and I guess that that's what he's alluding to if he can just work on those basic things but those aren't basic things to me as as a professional footballer those are things that you should be doing with your eyes closed like you're at the biggest most yeah. important level of your career and he's just not doing it and I'm not shitting on him it's just
2: the facts sorry did he say one of the best premier leagues ever seen or the world has ever seen the world has ever produced. So you would say he is the best ever.
1: Yeah. If he can just work on those basic things.
2: Okay. What about Cafu? (laughs) Just one name.
1: What about absolutely stamp that for approval on that comment? What about
2: uh, Gary Neville? (laughs) (laughs) What about yourself? (laughs) Yeah. Like I just, my big thing is if you're a defense, if you're a defender, defend, if you can't defend, you're not a defender. I'd be like, a defensive midfielder not being able to, like, just being attacking all the time. Like, it just wouldn't make sense. It just doesn't add up to me. How can you say that when he's 23 years old, he's been in the Premier League now for, what, five years? And it's arguably getting worse by the game, how he's performing defensively. And I think I was just so disrespectful to <laughs> all the other players that have come before him and even the players that are going right now, like, reese james like trent can't even get into the england team over Uh, reese james kyle uh kyle walker kieran trippier
1: yes yeah
2: like these just guys and like i don't think kieran trippier by any means is world class or even kyle walker to that point anymore he makes a lot of mistakes too but like trent's definitely four on that list in the overall of attacking defending whatever you else you want to throw in there like The reason people see him in such a high regard is because he was what he does with the ball going forward. But what is he doing without the ball, and it's not good.
1: Yeah, I couldn't have said it any better myself. I mean, (laughs) I just don't get it. Honestly, there there's not much more to say except I think Gary Neville might be just trying to gas him up and get his confidence levels up um, going into the World Cup, which I understand. But then, like, have those conversations with him in private um, because it is low key disrespectful and kind of takes a little bit of cred away from Gary Neville because it just does. That's a comment that doesn't make sense. And again, I say that respectfully because Trent Alexander Arnold's a good footballer, but when you're, Playing right back, you need to. It's like a must on that resume of yours to be proficient in defending and attacking. And he has one out of the two down perfectly. Yep. And the other one, you know, needs some solid, not basic work, like solid work that, again, on this stage, he needs to have figured out. So all I know is if I was playing against Trent Alexander-Arnold, I would tell my team to to go down his side of the field.
2: Yeah, I would too. I would
1: tell them to expose him.
2: There's so there's this app I use pretty often. It's pretty good tactical app, and on here it gives you an attribute overview, and it shows progression over time. So in 2019, Trent Alexander and Trent Alexander Arnold's defending was rated around a 75. Now in 2022, it is a 67. His creativity's gone up though.
1: that's what we say about him, right? Like I remember watching him, one of the first times I watched him, I said, This guy's really dangerous on the flank. Yeah. Like he's dangerous.
2: He's an exciting player. He
1: is an exciting player. But then sometimes, yeah, you just maybe he's like a head scratcher. Hopefully he gets out of this little rut. Maybe, you know, Klopp will have him do some serious 1v1 defending or Southgate
2: pr- anyway, at practice. Do
1: you imagine? I would love that. <laughs> what would you tell him?
2: I just don't do what I do. Probably, yeah, you're so funny.
1: I love that. Uh, Liverpool has Arsenal and City up next. <laughs> pretty big back to back games for them. Um, I don't know; those are two of the top teams in the Premier League. Liam, you've called it on our show that uh, Arsenal could win. The league, And when you did and you put that out on social media, everyone attacked you being like, of course, everyone's go to comment on social when you talk about football is you don't know ball. But it's mm. just to me, it's not a hot take because they're at the top of the table since the start of the season. And they've been doing really well. And they're just this like low key team behind the scenes that people probably should pay more attention to at this point in time.
2: That's the thing, isn't it? It's like uh, when I said it, they were literally Undefeated in the league, yeah, and people people were saying how they hadn't played anybody. So I did a little bit more research on it, and I haven't announced this on the show yet. But Arsenal's average position of their their opponent in the league this was a couple of weeks ago, maybe last before United was eleventh, and Manchester City's was fifteenth. Mm. So they were playing better opponents according to the table, and obviously it's early in the season. But this it's not that hard of a take that Arsenal are a good team. Arteta's got his players in place mm-hmm. now and they're playing really attractive football and he, he's getting the best out of his players. Like Granit Xhaka is he's playing unbelievable. It was only like a year or so ago that he was literally getting booed by Arsenal fans. And now he's scoring in the North London derby and it's just like, this guy has come such a long way and it's good to see. And Arsenal, I think they're easily the second best team in the league and I don't think it's even close
1: yeah and that's saying because city's just on a they're not even on planet earth right now so to even be in that conversation for arsenal fans it's got to be an exciting time because they it's not like how it usually goes for them where they do well and they drop off they've been consistently doing well like you said Liam and I don't know I don't think it was as much of a hot take as everyone made you made it seem to be. And I just think it was a solid take. Cause you might've just been the only one at that point in time who had the confidence to say that. And and the belief in this team, you said Gabriel Jesus was one of the best players, if not the best player in the prem.
2: Yeah. He's definitely one of the most exciting as yeah. well. Like he's in that category. And uh, yeah, it's, it's funny, isn't it? I don't, I don't even know what to really say about it. Like they're just, they're just a good team and they're yeah. beating good teams. Like, yes, they lost to United, probably wasn't the best um, example of what they can be but this is a big win over Tottenham and now I think it has a lot of question marks over Tottenham as well as being like people were saying they could maybe compete for the Premier League under Conte this year and I just really don't see it right now like this Arsenal team has taken North London back North London is red again and yeah like I this team this Arsenal team doesn't have the depth Manchester City have like when they when they lose a player like Thomas Partey hasn't played recently it's it's a big it's Mm -hmm. big for them like it's obvious that someone's out of the team but when this starting 11 is in place I really they can compete with anyone I'm excited to see them play against City to see exactly what level they're at and I think that will give us a really good idea of what this Premier League is going to be about and next they play Liverpool and I really think they'll beat Liverpool. Yeah,
1: what do you, what's your prediction for that game?
2: I think it'll be like, I'll say 4-2 Arsenal.
1: Wow, okay. I'm going to say 4-1. All right. Okay, we'll see. But for, for Arsenal, <laughs> to make that clear, Liverpool fans don't come for me. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds um, all right, guys, we got a fun new segment on our show. It's going to be called Power World Cup Power Rankings, presented by Uber One. Yes,
2: our this is good. new stuff. friends.
1: Our new friends here. Uh, and we're going to rank, so basically, Liam, this was your idea, so why don't you tell everyone what we're yeah. doing?
2: So we're going to blindly rank the 32 teams <laughs> in the World Cup. But the way we're going to do it is I'll have a team, one episode, Caroline and have another. So, for example, if Caroline puts... Argentina at number one, then obviously I have to put Brazil, say I got Brazil and I think they're number one, I have to put them at two kind of thing, if that makes sense. So today we got two teams and we're just going to go with our home nations. I think that's a good way to kick it off.
1: Wearing my Poland sweater for anyone watching, for anyone listening. Uh, Tough time for me in this World Cup. I mean, it's a blessing because I'm from Polish descent, but I'm obviously born in Canada. So I I have two teams in this World Cup for the first time in my life. It's been a cool way to navigate this World Cup, but clearly cheering for Canada, but always supporting for Poland. I want to make that clear before anyone comes for me. Uh, And
2: who do you want to start out with, Poland or England, Liam? Let's do Poland because okay. I'm very curious to kind of see what you think about this team There's some exciting players on this there team There is outside of Lewandowski as well. Yes. Like obviously him, but
1: that's been my problem with Poland for so many years is that there is one guy on this team. His name is Robert Lewandowski and they play very direct to them, to, to him. So it's almost like we have the ball. How do we get the ball over the top? Find Lewandowski and pray to God that he somehow finds the back mm-hmm. of the net. And Lewandowski's done such a good job for our like our national team to even put as many goals in the back of the net that he's done because that he's that he has because it's not an easy job when you know that you're the guy who's constantly going to get the ball. You know your opposition's going to mark you. And Lewandowski's just done a solid job for performing the way he has, but now we have a Poland team with some depth and a lot of players playing in Serie A, which mm-hmm. is our favorite up-and-coming yeah. league right yeah. now. We got Milik for Juve, Piontek and Salernitana, Zelinski at Napoli, and I really like Zelinski at Napoli He's the attacking midfielder. Um, Szczensny is the is the goalkeeper at Juve, so he'll be our goalie at the World Cup. Uh, Zalewski plays under Mourinho at Roma, just and a couple guys in the Premier League. Fabianski is the West Ham United goalie, but I don't believe believe he'll be our national team goalie. Berdarnik at Aston Villa. It's a hard one for me to say. <laughs> These Polish last names are tough. And then, of course, you got Lewandowski, who's killing it for Barcelona right now. And I'll, a few guys who have some big-time experience for this national team. Kamil Gleek, Krajowiak. Uh, just a team that has talent, um, depth, that when I hear this and when I see this on paper, I'm hopeful because... It's not going to just come down to Lewandowski, and that's been our biggest problem. We have one of the best players in the world on our team, Mm -hmm. but we all know football can't rely on one player to do the job. That's what makes our sport very interesting. So I look at FIFA rankings, and I see Poland is ranked 26th. And ahead of them, Serbia, Japan, Morocco, Iran, Peru, Sweden. We beat Sweden in World Cup qualifiers. We beat a lot of good teams in World Cup qualifiers. Wales is 19th. I do think we are better than Wales, but I'm going to put Poland at 20.
2: 20. 20.
1: 20. Okay. And I'm going to do that because Poland typically does really well in qualifiers. We sometimes win qualifiers for the Euro, for the World Cup. But then when it comes to tournament tournament, tournament time, (laughs) geez, when it comes to tournament time, We don't perform. I don't know what happens, but it's just such a poor, lackluster performance from Poland, especially defensively, that I'm like, I put them at 20 because I think that's a a number of, with respect, you're a top 20 team in the world, but they still have a lot to prove to me. Um, And they're in a very hard group. They're in a group with Argentina. They're in a group with with Mexico. I'm very curious to see how they're going to look against those two teams, but I do think that they can get out of that group.
2: It's funny you say 20 because on my own personal rankings, I had them 19th.
1: Oh, okay. You put them above Wales.
2: Yeah. I put, uh, no, I had Wales higher actually. Oh, okay. I had, uh, I had like, I, I actually think they're better than Mexico. Okay. I think they'll be better than Mexico. I think actually they'll get out of this group. I I hope so. I really do believe this is the year Poland finally make their way out. I think it's, it's been a long time since they made it out of a group stage. 1980. Oh, sorry. 1986 in Mexico, funnily enough, was the last time they made it out of a, a group in a World Cup. They've only been to three since then. But I think this is the year. I really like the team that they have. There's there's a lot more mm-hmm. talent, which is which is big for a team like Poland. Yeah, like I think this is finally the time. Yeah, Lewandowski advances in a World Cup. I would love to I, see it. I would too. I think it's imp- I think it's important we see these players continue on. Yeah, in the World Yeah,
1: yeah, and you know what? Poland's been. Poland has such a big football presence. Back in their earlier years, you're talking about that last world cup that they really did well. And they upset a lot of big teams and they had really good players. And we just haven't seen that since. And a lot of the time, the problem with Poland is coaching. We don't have good coaches. Mm. Um, so things get lost, poor player selections, the player talent isn't as big as it used to be. But now I think Robert Lewandowski surrounded by a very good core team that's playing like these players are playing on good teams across the world and I'm really hopeful that they do something but again I say that cautiously it's like almost I'm cautiously optimistic because I know what it can feel like when you do well in qualifiers and then you come into the tournament ter- I can't say the word today <laughs> tournament <laughs> guys help me out with my spelling today then you come into the World Cup and it doesn't translate so we will see but I'm, I'm, I'm I agree with what you said Liam Lewandowski could be his last ever World Cup I'd love to see him do well, and what a treat for us football fans to see Lewandowski and Messi play in one game.
2: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Two, well, one Barcelona legend and one that's definitely building his legacy right now. Yeah, yeah, Okay, England. England. Well. (laughs) I'm curious to hear this one. So there's obviously a lot going on with the team right now. They can't score goals consistently, not playing probably to the standards they should. Harry Maguire is in the team, which a lot of people don't like. There's definitely just... A lot more negativity going into this World Cup for England than what has kind of happened True. in years past. And that's, to me, I think that comes with two things. One, with the expectations that have happened now after what has happened in the past. Like, England did well at the last World Cup, and then they went to a Euro final, and then also Nations League. They finished mm. third in the Nations League recently, too, and then you come into this one it's like uh, you just got relegated from the nation's league and i think there's a lot of people who are disappointed that the euros went the way they did but i think at the end of the day it's proven now back-to-back times that gareth southgate knows what to do in these tournaments he yeah. knows how to win games and he knows you don't have to blow the doors off everybody that you come and beat though you come up against sorry and then one nil, it still gets you three points and you can advance. And that, I think that's what England have accomplished the last few years. I would like to see them play more freely in this tournament. I think there's too much talent to have them sit back so defensively. The Harry Maguire thing is a big question. Should he play? Should he go? Is another part. I think he goes. Either way, I think he's on the play. And I think Gareth Southgate respects him too much. And he made the Euro all-star team. They're Mm -hmm. like, they're a starting 11. Like he was in that team. Like he's proven that he can perform in these tournaments. I think he goes, I think he will also start the first game as well. And just looking at England's group, they shouldn't have an issue against Iran. The US are in a similar boat where they Mm -hmm. also can't score goals. So I think England would be able to expose them. I think the toughest game in the group is Wales just because of the United Kingdom. And it's... Anytime England play any of the other nations in the United Kingdom, it's always a big match for both teams, and I think England will top this group. I my prediction is they make it to the semi-final of okay. the World Cup. They're going to have to beat France if they want to get there. I think if they don't make it to a semi-final, it is an extremely disappointing tournament for this team. Yeah, and for that reason, I am going to put them. I'm going to put them fifth. God, we have the same number. Okay. Yay. Good. this I know this seems weird to say considering I think I'll make it to the semi-final and they have to beat France who I do have higher, but I think I think they can do it. Like I do think they can beat France. We'll see. I don't know. I feel like this also feels like a one where it's gonna be a bit disappointing. But I just don't think any of the European teams are that good. Like, I don't think any of them are really going out as a clear favorite to be the best team in Europe to compete for a World Cup. They all have massive question marks. And I think England can expose that. So for that reason, I I have them as fifth in my power rankings.
1: I have the same thing. And you know what? I'm thinking about the other four teams that come before England and they deserve to be there. France, Argentina, Belgium, Brazil. These are obviously favorites.
2: I have Belgium lower do you oh okay so i've spain spain's my other team but either way let's, yeah yeah
1: that's what these are these are teams right where i'm like okay in my opinion they are slightly ahead of england but i'm like where do we put england where i still think respectfully they deserve to be in the conversation as world cup contenders because they're so damn good on paper mm-hmm. and i always say i know that the nations uh the nations league isn't going the way that they they want it to go and some of these exhibition games but you can't look too much into those games because the World Cup is different. Yeah. So it's it's just a different stage. The energy is different. When you're playing in front of fans, when you know everything is on the line, a team will show up differently. So that's where I I just look at the roster, I look at the talent, I look at the players, I look at the experienced players and also the young talent that they have. Foden could be on the bench. That's depth. Yeah. That, that's a that's a cool place for England to be. The the one question mark I have is Southgate. Um, but again tournament, I'm just going to stop saying the word competition. Tournament time is different. And I do expect England to go far. I will say this. If they mess this up, this world cup, I will give up hope on, on England because I have so much, since I'm a kid, I have so much belief in this nation in terms of football that now I'm looking at a squad that could really do something. And if they don't get to that quarterfinal, they don't get to that semifinal, and maybe even if they don't play really well, um, I'm just going to be like, what's what's wrong? Like there's a big problem here in this English national team because it doesn't make sense at this point.
2: Time is running out. Yeah. Especially, I think Southgate will be done after this World Cup, whatever yeah. happens. I think, I think he's had a great run. He's had the most successful period since England won the 66 World Cup. And one player I would love, love to see go to the World Cup, and I can't believe he's... He's not even he wasn't even in the last team, but James Madison from Leicester. Mm-hmm. He's just an yep. unbelievable football player. And I think he can truly make a difference in this team. I would like to see him go. But for yeah, for England running out of time, like you look at a guy like Harry Kane, like he's not old exactly like he's yeah. twenty nine, yeah. but still another World Cup, he'd be thirty-three. Like there isn't exactly another guy lining up behind Harry Kane at his level right now for England. So it's a big opportunity. England needs to capitalize. And I think they can win it. Honestly, I really do think they can win it. However, like I said, I would not be surprised if this was just misery at some point in the tournament. That's, cr-
1: that's crazy for English fans. How y- you guys are so talented, so good. And it's like we can win. We can actually win the World Cup. But we wouldn't be surprised if we didn't because <laughs> our team shits the bed. Like, it's just such an ironic place to be in. What, what are the emotions like? like what, okay, tell me what it's like to watch, as an English fan, what it's like to watch your national team play at the Euro
2: or the World Cup? Um, at the Euro last time, I think everyone was very proud yeah. of what they were able to accomplish. At the World Cup, I think they also were proud, but also very disappointed, but also wasn't unexpected. I think, that's a bad I think that's the best way to put it. Like when England lose against these teams like Croatia, which they should have beat Iceland in the Euros, whatever year that was, Like it's not unexpected. Yeah. And it just leads to more to lower expectations and people just don't believe. And I think now that's a big issue is people do believe in this team. And now they're kind of getting put back to reality a little bit with this recent run. It's like, okay, well, maybe we're just not what we think we are.
1: Sometimes these things are good though. Having these big losses before a turn, hmm, (laughs) before the World Cup, it's good because you want your team to peak at the right time. You don't necessarily want your team going in playing 10 out of 10, right? You need to give them room to improve each game and to peak when it matters most. So, England, like I said, learned some hard lessons. They have time to kind of, you know, iron out the kinks Mm -hmm. and then go to the World Cup and and maybe put together some games where you guys actually are sitting back saying this is
2: the freaking year. I hope so. I would love it. I would love it. I, I do. Th- I do Would you th- cry? Yeah, I, I almost cried. I pretty much cried when Luke Shaw scored in the Euro <laughs> yeah. final. We didn't even win. Aww. It's just the penalty shootout plagues us every single time we play. But I, it was actually funny. When England went to 2018 World Cup and they played against Colombia and they mm. won on penalties I was at my old job sat in the bar watching the game and I've never been so anxious watching any kind of football I was like shaking and then when they scored the winner I legit like shed tears I was like whole oh, I they felt it felt so. It felt so real, I guess, to like think like this could, we could really, really do this. And it all, as an England fan and everyone will say this, like the penalty shootout, we never win them. So the fact we did win one, it was like, whoa, like maybe, maybe this could be something different. And it was different. We went to a woke up semifinal lost in extra time. Like it was special.
1: Okay. So you're a football fan and you're also a hockey fan. Yes. Is there a difference for you watching like, do you have a different type of emotion watching England progress in a World Cup or a Euro Cup versus the Oilers potentially getting past that Western Conference final
2: mark? Um, yeah. Like, would
1: you cry for the Oilers?
2: I think if they won, I would. Okay. I wouldn't cry if they wanted a shootout like they did for England. (laughs) But I think for England, it's different because it's just been with me forever. The Oilers have been with me for 10 years.
1: I think that's what's special, though, about football. I don't know. I get the same type of feeling. Like, I get emotional seeing things, watching things. It's crazy how much anxiety I could get watching a game. Mm -hmm. When I don't have that with any other sport, and I love a lot of sports, but when I watch my team play or I have a player that I want to do super super well and I'm watching their performance it's almost like their family and I'm like why do I have this heart-wrenching feeling like that's how badly I want a team to do well um, when I support them or a player and it's just crazy that feeling you can get
2: I guess a good way to put it for me is every single time Bolton score or England score I jump up and cheer I don't do that for every single Oilers goal. Yeah. Like sometimes I will if it's like a That's good goal, different. but I won't. I won't do it. And I just have more passion for football, I guess, and hockey, and I have a lot of passion for hockey. Yeah. So
1: yeah, yeah, just a different type of thing. Um, also when I posted, so I I, I posted our chat about Burhalter, and also that podcast episode did really well on YouTube. I don't know if you saw. Oh, did it? There's I a lot of. Um, I'm I'm learning. A lot of people want to talk about the U S national team.
2: We can talk about, we can about talk that way
1: more. <laughs> you guys let us know, let us know what you guys want to, what you want to hear. But I, maybe there's a little bit of a market for us to talk more about Berhalter and the boys. But when I was, when I posted our comments on Berhalter, people were saying you could say the exact same thing about Southgate, that yeah. he's not putting these players in a position to succeed. And sometimes he needs to go back to the drawing board and, and adjust his system to, put England in a
2: better position to score and to succeed. What are your thoughts? I would disagree completely. I think Southgate. Yes. Sure. he needs to put players in better positions, but again, England have been to a world cup semifinal and been to a European final. The U S can't even get out of the group stage. I don't think yeah. their comparisons are really on the same level from what those fans are saying. I understand it in a way that you're not scoring goals too, but we're not scoring goals against Italy and Germany. You're mm-hmm. not scoring goals against Japan and Saudi Arabia. Yeah. To put it bluntly, that's kind of, you know what I mean? That's kind of it, isn't it?
1: It's fair. Um, okay, guys, uh, coming this week on Kicked Back, we have Alistair Johnson, who plays for the Canadian men's national team. So if you have any questions for Alistair, please drop them in the comments. If you're listening to this podcast, tweet us. Uh, but of course, yeah, right back, who plays for Canada. He's 23 years old, plays for the Montreal Impact in Major League Soccer. And I just think a player, I believe he got man of the match against Qatar. Yeah. Uh, a player who does so well. Like he defends really well. And then in the attack, he's pretty good at getting a good in swinging ball in. And just a guy um, who I've read in previous interviews really believes that this Canadian men's national team can do something special at the World Cup. So I'm excited to talk to him.
2: I remember that game they played here against Mexico. Mm-hmm. He was the one who hit the volley, the half volley mm-hmm. on the first goal, which got Kyle Lahren's goal. So I like him a lot. I think he's a fun player to watch. And I think he's going to be probably the next one of the next Canadian players to push over into Europe and start thriving over there. Really fun player. I'm excited. Like It'll it'll be a good one. I'm excited to hear what that Canadian camp is feeling right now heading into this World Cup. The experience of playing Uruguay and what they learn about themselves against a a top team Mm -hmm. in the World Cup. Yeah, I'm excited. It'll be a really fun one.
1: And even what it's like to be taking to be defending Nunes like what is it like to be on the pitch with these guys who are some of the most talked about footballers in the world with immense amount of talent not saying that Canadians don't of course they do but these guys are like making headlines and now all of a sudden you're in a position to defend
2: yeah it's interesting I think there's a different dynamic when MLS players go and play in Europe because European players like I guess that's the upper echelon if you want to call it so it's a little bit different but yeah like How do you feel? How is it feeling like going up against him? What's the feeling of playing against some of the best players in the world? I'm like, oh, did you ever worry that Nunez was going to turn around and headbutt you? You know, (laughs) multiple questions (laughs) we could ask.
1: We have to ask him that. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, He played, I think, at a bit of his career collegiate when he played collegiate football. He was actually holding center mid oh really I believe he played for St. John's University and then when he went to Wake Forest they moved him into a right back position
2: because he scored I've got a, his stats up here he scored 10 goals in 36 games for St. John's yeah. and 6 in 43 for Wake Forest so that would suggest that he probably played a yeah. more advanced role than right back um Maybe I'll ask him about my Alfonso Davies take. Yes. I would love nothing more, <laughs> yeah. nothing more than to have all those people in my comment section. Shut up.
1: Oh, Liam. when
2: England play the World Cup, I thought he was hilarious. Like there was one guy who commented and I'm 99% sure he actually didn't know what he was talking about. And he just commented to like join the hate. And also one of my friends, Brendan, I'm sh- I'm calling you out on this one, Brendan. I was telling him about like how these people were not happy with my take. And I and he's like, Yeah, that's not cool at all. Like, whatever. I was like, I'll put something nice. And then the next day he comes on one of my videos, he's like, This is a horrendous take. I was oh, like, oh, unbelievable. Is Brendan
1: sometimes he he writes common common Liam W. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that guy. I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm all for the positivity. <laughs> but no, I mean we t- you talked about this this would not be the first time if something like that happened where a player moves a position on the pitch a player who's versatile to adjust to their opposition that yeah. happens coaches often. do that all the t- oh, very
2: often <laughs> it, i couldn't believe it he's literally a defender
1: yeah people are like this isn't fifa bro i'm like yeah. oh
2: someone someone said stachio You you literally have a stackio and it's like, buddy. The point was these guys don't have the pace that Davies has. Like maybe I didn't say enough, but like he's the quick. He's arguably going to be the quickest player at the World Cup. And the point of it is is to help out our two centre backs who are not fast and they're they're strong. Yeah, so I think maybe they'll do better against Lukaku. But when you go up against these other teams, like and they have pace. Like how are they gonna? What is it going to be like? And I think Davies can just help Canada thrive in the best way possible. And that's the point, right? You're the World Cup. You might only play three games. You got to do whatever you can to win them.
1: Yep. What I liked, on, when you think about it against Belgium, what I liked about that is that Kevin De Bruyne to me is like super skilled and also very athletic. Alfonso could shut down a yeah. Kevin De Bruyne. And that's saying a lot about what Alfonso Davies can do as as a whole. Um, because I keep saying th- Canada Loki has to man mark Kevin De Bruyne even Modric in, in, against Croatia because they're so dangerous. Alfonso could shut those guys down and still have that ability to go forward.
2: Yeah, that's the thing. Like it, it, I, th- I can't remember where I heard this, but Hazard and De Bruyne like to play on the same side. They both play wide for Belgium. What if you just put Davies as the fullback on that side? Yeah, maybe that's a way. And I know you're losing a lot of stuff with him being more defensive. But if they just have the ball all the time, then what does it even matter, you know? I don't know. There's a lot of question marks with Canada in that sense of like, how are they going to be able to perform against these top teams. I think they'll be fine if Davies even plays center attacking mid like he has been. That was another thing. People said, like, he doesn't even play central. He's like, he literally just did it for two games. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's funny. These I got I to gotta get used to them, but it's... Uh, I'm new to this whole TikTok. Oh, uh, the keyboard warriors are! Uh, I love them. They're Keep different beasts. Comment yeah. all you want. More yeah. views. It, honestly,
1: <laughs> that's what it always is. You're like, thank you. You're helping. You know, yeah. our video take off a little. So don't. Yeah, you just got to ignore the haters. And you're always. It's it's interesting. People when when you put something out like that, people don't agree with you until it happens, and then you become right.
2: A lot of people haven't said much about my Newcastle take recently who are now two points off a Champions League spot
1: and we're going to resurface your video on <laughs> Arsenal
2: yeah we will we're, we're going to
1: resurface what that you,
2: what is it called a stitch is that yeah a we're going to stitch it stitch you should it.
1: go on the 90th minute account and stitch your your own. <laughs> that actually will be
2: hilarious <laughs> yeah that would be funny <laughs> if, be if they uh, what did they say we play Liverpool in the next couple of weeks if they beat Liverpool, I'll I'll resurface it. I'll repost it somewhere. I'll get something moving. Perfect.
1: Um, okay, guys, Champions League football on today. There's a game happening right now. Isn't Bayern playing? Bayern right was now?
2: up three nil last wow. time I saw Not yeah, surprised. Three 0 at halftime. Uh Sadio nice. yeah, Sadio Mane, Sergey Narbury. And yeah. Now uh Sane and then Marseille is up two one on Sporting in the twenty-sixth minute. There's a lot going on in this game. Sporting scored in the first minute. And then Marseille scored in the 13th minute and the 16th minute. And then Sporting had a red card oh, yeah. in the 23rd minute. Wow. There's been a lot of red cards in the yeah, Champions League. There has been. I think people, it's, it's quicker pace, right? Like you're just going against different teams. I guess the yeah. unfamiliarity of what's going to happen maybe brings into it. Oh, he's a goalie. Oh, the damn. Red we missed some good stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, stay tuned for that. Stay tuned.
1: Yeah. We'll have another episode coming out. And then, um, of course, the other game's going today. And I don't know about you, Liam, but I'm going to go home and, what is it, Barcelona Inter? I believe that's the game I'm going to have headlining my TV. And, of course, I'll keep tabs on everything else going on. But I'm going to order a nice juicy burger. Ooh. Uber Eats
2: time. Uber Eats. <laughs> I wonder if... Um you can I don't know, play for Bruce today. Since That'd be he great. For yes, Canada. I know. Scored over the I weekend.
1: know, I saw that you tweeted that. Yeah. It'd be that great. Was,
2: uh, that was good to see. Let's have a quick look here, see if the lineup's out before we go. Projected lineup is not projected to be in the starting eleven, but maybe he's on the bench. Who knows? Who knows? Hopefully. I I mean he's great. That's oh why Davies goodness. can play under defensive <laughs>
1: <mid>. <laughs> Well, yes, we're definitely gonna ask Alistair about that. We're gonna ask yeah. him what he thinks. Yeah. Or if maybe he'd want to take a crack at playing center mid for if he's done center, it
2: yeah maybe that's the way to do it maybe you put i don't know like maybe that's the way to do it you just yeah. need that my the whole point of this is it doesn't matter who it is like people said um i can't remember his name there was another midfielder on canada the young kid i think he plays from montreal right now Cone or cone i can't remember yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah people were saying put him there like sure yeah. put anyone there just they need speed in front of their back four to help them yeah. that's it that's all they need but i'll whatever it takes. I agree. Call I agree. up uh, Trent. trend. Maybe has got some <laughs> Canadian ancestry somewhere. Like, you, you know, just shut him down.
1: All right, guys. Uh, enjoy champions league football. Just a reminder. If you guys join Uber one today, you can get your first month free. So visit uber.com slash Uber one for details. Like I said, I'm going home. I'm ordering a nice juicy cheeseburger. I like ketchup, mayo, lettuce, uh, Mm, love pickle but sometimes not on my burger i'm weird that way uh and i'm always getting a side of fries so if you do that unlimited zero deliver zero dollar delivery free uh five percent off eats five percent off rides and yeah. i'm excited what are you, what would you get to eat right now
2: oh right at this moment i'm a big pizza guy pizza i love a bit of pizza but do you know what i might be using uh Uber just get a ride.
1: We're out oh, to, to get home? My,
2: to home. My car, alternator issues, not ideal. I took the risk driving in today. So maybe, maybe I'll give you a call on the way home, Uber. And, uh, Get going that way, <laughs> and you
1: do. You got to do Uber One because it's a membership, and it lets you save on Uber Eats, oh, really? Uber Rides, so everything that Uber encompasses. It's just you know the best place to go because you save, you save money, and I, I can't wait. Like I'm, my stomach's literally growling this entire episode, and all I can imagine is just
2: and it's all in one and, hub,
1: and I don't have to do anything. Yeah, it's just a nice knock on my door, or they leave it right at I your door,
2: and on the porch, and then I smash. That was always the thing when I when during the. The whole COVID lockdown stuff, I would always order Uber, but I was living with my parents at the time. So it's always like, leave it on the doorstep. Do not knock. And I would put in the comments like, parents sleep. <laughs> 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 That's a food. note you left? Yeah. That's I would always, so I'd always in caps, i put parents sleeping." Oh. never knocked. That's so, thank so you. funny.
1: <laughs> I, while, while we sign off guys, I'm going to, for the next episode, learn how to pronounce the word tournament mm. and maybe i just have to say it slowly yeah tournament <laughs> tournament tournament that was extremely difficult it's one of those for me. easy it's words, just, yeah sometimes just slip them up those got me all right guys thanks for listening enjoy champions league football we got that interview coming out with alistair johnson later this week and yeah we'll see you next time goodbye bye That's a wrap for another episode of Kicked Back, and thanks so much for listening. You can catch Caroline and Liam here every single week on Tuesdays and Thursdays to give you the latest rundown on all things football. Please don't forget to subscribe and give us a nice five star rating. Please and thank you. And for even more Kicked Back content, follow the 90th minute on all your favorite social channels. See you next time.
0: Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable.